0: Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to If We Can Just Say. How we doing out there, folks? Woohoo! Doing great over here. Hello, everybody. <laughs> as always, my lovely host, Jessica Carter Ogle.
1: His lovely wife. You forgot the wife
0: part. Oh, yeah, my lovely wife. My lovely co host, wife, co host. Same thing, as right? As long
1: as Lovely's in there, we're good to go.
0: Lovely, eh, you know, depending upon the time or the hour of the day or whatever, you know, lovely.
1: So, what's new, everybody? <laughs>
0: Yeah, cool times. Uh, so today's going to be a little bit different, a little bit off of our beaten path of our normal routine of our of, of our podcast. For those of you that are normal listeners, um, it's Father's Day today. So happy
1: Father's Day! Happy
0: Father's Day to all the fathers out there, especially
1: to my dad, but to all the dads. <laughs>
0: So, uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about our dads today, so for those of you that listen to our Mother's Day podcast and we talk about our moms, we're going to do a similar sort of thing, tell some stories, and talk about our cool dads. Yes. So, um, to start that off with uh, the fact that this past weekend, or this weekend being Father's Day, we celebrated with your dad. Yes. Uh, For those of you that don't know me very well, my father passed away in 2013, Um, so we obviously... He's not here for us to celebrate with him, but we did talk to my mom today for about an hour or so on the phone, which was really cool. Um, But we had your dad and mom and brother over yesterday to celebrate Father's Day for a barbecue.
1: Yes. So we did a Mother's Day barbecue for my mom, and my dad really liked that, and he wanted to do uh, his barbecue here too, which I love. I love hosting and having people over, so that's perfect for me. Yep. Um, My mom's barbecue, though, they were over a little bit. Later And and I was like, I wish these days were on Saturdays because you could stay over a little bit later. You still had some time. You weren't going to work. And my dad was like, well, what if we have the barbecue Saturday instead of Sunday? So today we record normally on Sundays. Today is Father's Day. And we had the barbecue yesterday. And it was so nice. We had had quite a heat wave during the week. We had um, heat advisories, ozone action days. It was so hot around here, 100 degrees. And then... Yesterday was probably like the first beautiful day break, and it was like 74 was the high, and it got there around like 3, so it was just absolutely a gorgeous day to sit outside.
0: It was an interesting weather day because in the sun it was it was warm, and then in the shade it was chilly.
1: Yeah, and it was just so nice because Weird. it was, you know, Stephen and I, my parents and my brother, and Soph, of course— And, you know, we had everything ready. We grilled. I had the house all decorated and set up. I love, I just love stuff like that. So I had it all ready. They came over. We ate outside and we all then sat in the sun. Then we all sat in the shade. We all know about my hammock. I pulled my hammock out into the shade for my dad and my dad laid in the hammock. And it was just like, just a nice relaxing day. A couple drinks, some conversation about all kinds of different topics. And yeah. It was just really nice. Like I I'm hoping this is a new tradition that we host a Mother's Day and Father's Day barbecue every year and
0: Yeah, it was a it was a good time for all of us just to hang out and just enjoy family. Just and enjoy like, being together. It's I'm good. just
1: I'm always down to celebrate my dad. I'm so grateful for him. Even this week, like we moved our family room around and we needed to mount my TV on the wall. And so he came over and helped Steven put the mount in and he ran to the hardware store a couple times to get stuff and he put the mount in our other bedroom and he's always coming over here helping us or showing you how to do stuff or you know we're first-time homeowners so my parents have owned their house obviously longer than i was born so they know way more stuff about that than we do and my dad's always willing to come over here and help and do anything
0: yeah it's cool um when you know with my dad passing in 2013 at that point in time I had spent uh 12 years in Michigan which was practically my adult life at that point yeah so I I didn't really I didn't have a house or anything like that so I've never had a situation where I was in a situation where I was like call my dad and ask my dad how to mount a TV on the wall or anything like that and my dad was a carpenter his whole life so he could have told me yeah but I've never been in that situation so it's just it's really cool to have Jack around to To ask and be like, hey, man, can you show me how to mount a TV? Well,
1: I'm glad that you guys have the relationship (laughs) that you have.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like he just, I, I bought them out and he didn't like some of the stuff that mounted it to the wall. And he's like, I'm going to the hardware store. And I was like, okay. yeah." <laughs> and he came, you know, him and him and Eric took off to the hardware store, came back 20 minutes later. He's like, yeah, I just didn't like that stuff. I got better stuff that I feel like going to mount it to the wall better. Okay. But you guys
1: cool. talk all the time. Oh, and you, yeah. I mean, it, I think we're very lucky. You know, I'm close to your mom. You're close to my parents. You and my dad have a special relationship. And, you know, we're lucky enough to be a family that all legitimately enjoy spending time together in-laws like the only person missing from the barbecue is your mom if she could have been there and we could have had all of our family there you know
0: yeah and and you know that's that's the thing about distance (laughs) yeah but like you said we talked to her for about an hour
1: today and we talked to her and we both text her independently and on our group text and same with my parents we text independently and we have a group text for the whole family group text with my parents a group text with my brother like you know we're all in pretty constant communication and and that is has a lot to say about the foundation your parents built like that your parents built for you that my parents built for me and we are lucky enough to find somebody with that similar foundations and want to live their life that way yeah you know close to family and everything so it was just it was just wonderful having the barbecue and doing all that yesterday
0: yeah and some of the stuff i'm going to talk about today my mom is sending photos uh yeah. sent some photos over of some stuff I asked her about, like, Hey, you got this at Dad's, can you send me a photo of it or whatever? Yeah, and so we have a
1: lot of different pictures and to post this week for our episode.
0: Yeah, and then I've got I've got stuff around here that's my dad's that I'll take that I'm gonna talk about and we'll put in, in, yeah. in our post this week. So it's it, this week will be pretty cool as yeah. far as our posts go. We'll have some fun uh photos and stuff like that and then obviously we're talking about our dad, So yeah. it's cool.
1: So yeah, so story is just basically memories that yep. we've, you know, Yep. I am very close to my dad. Anybody that knows me or knows my family, knows my dad and I are very similar in a lot of ways.
0: She's a daddy's girl. We
1: are very close. Um, I don't know what I would do without my dad. Like, I can't (laughs) even think about the fact that that will ever happen one day. Anyway, so, like, (laughs) I am very close. And, like, my first memory I even have of being a kid, like... We lived in the Warndale area of Detroit. It's a small suburb, little bungalow houses. Um, There were alleys behind the houses. And in the morning, my dad was home with us when we were kids. And he would, I was probably maybe like three, he would like hold my hand and we'd walk down the alley and see all the dogs in the neighborhood. (laughs) We'd take our little morning alley walk and then he'd let me, like, I had one of those little plastic kiddie pools, and he'd let me run from the corner of the yard to, like, run and jump and splash in my pool, but I would, like, run all the way, stop, and then, like, step in my pool and sit down, and I'd be like, ah, like, this is so exciting, <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I just vividly remember walking with my dad, the feel of his hand holding my hand, and, like, yeah. walking down the walking down the alley, like, my dad was always there. Like I've mentioned this before, but he just was like we, if for any of you 80s kids out there who remember TGIF, like (laughs) Friday nights were huge in our house. Like my brother and I would camp out in the living room and my dad would like let us and my parents would let us build like forts with our sleeping bags and blankets. And my dad would let us have our friends over and ask us like, who do you want to stay over this weekend? And who do you want to like come over? And what do you guys want to do? And we'd always go to this um, ice cream place called Calder Brothers and we'd get vanilla ice cream and chocolate milk. And he would like hand mix us shakes yeah. to like drink, like hand uh, stir them. That's cool. And on, like
0: really Saturday
1: cool. nights, we'd like watch that um, half hour comedy. It was called Amen. And while the so- theme song was on, we'd be running around <laughs> dancing in the living room and my dad be in there stirring up hand stirred milkshakes and so, you know, eight o'clock at night, we're already hopped up by the theme song. And so then we get the sugar into us and just stuff like that. It's like, I feel like childhood memories are sort of like flashbulbs. Yeah, You know, it's just of memories. My dad had a limo company when we were growing up. He had a few different companies. Like his goal was always to be an entrepreneur and to be in business for himself. And no matter how many businesses didn't work out, you know, he was a perfect example to me of perseverance and it's not a failure. It's a learning step and you keep going. And he is incredibly successful today and has stuck with what he wanted to do. But yeah, when he had the limo company, like he would pick us up on our last day of school before summer vacation <laughs> and the limo would come and pick us up. We'd be like those kids that got the limo ride and he would take us and our friends to like Dairy Queen in the limo during the summer. And that's like cool. all that kind of stuff. I had like the parents that were like sad the day before school started again. Like they were like super they were like more bummed than Eric and I about going us going back to school because they wanted us to stay home and That's like funny. hang out and all of that stuff. So I just love that we always had a pool growing up and my dad would always throw us in the pool in like our inner tubes and stuff. And he literally got us to believe that we almost touched the wires above the pool, that we were just like a foot away. (laughs) Like he was just always there having like, I don't know, we just had so much fun. Mm -hmm. We had, we went to a private school and on recess, the parents would come and be part of like the patrol of the area, just keeping an eye on the kids, making sure everything's okay. My dad would come and he would do that. And he would let me and my little girlfriend stand in a line and he would do the lift from Dirty Dancing for us, like all through recess. <laughs> like he would just come up there and we would just keep going in a line to do the lift from Dirty Dancing. And it was like the coolest thing in the whole world. Like That's so funny. It was just, just fun stuff. Like he was involved. Like I had the kind of parents that were just involved. I had like the childhood that, you know. A lot of kids wish they could have had, and I'm so thankful for that. And we didn't have flashy vacations, but my dad made sure we all would get in the car and go camping with our pop-up camper or drive down to Tennessee, and we'd go to – You know, Dollywood and Gatlinburg and all that stuff. And my dad was always just about like, what did we want to do? How can he make memories for us? And my dad's still like that today. Like, I just want to do stuff with you guys. Like, let's go do this or do that and create that memory of spending time together. Yeah. Like, so we're going to be going camping with them this summer. And just my dad's like, well, do you want to do this or this? I'm like, I honestly just want to relax and hang out. Like, just spending time together. I, I'm i yeah. lucky to have enjoyed spending time with my parents as a kid and still want to do so today. Like, I am so happy about that. Like, I don't know. I just, all of my memories with my dad are just good as a kid. Like they, even the first time I got like a spanking as a kid, I <laughs> remember it vividly because my, um, the neighbor kid down the block wanted a haircut and we were sitting in the backyard and I was probably about eight. I just so happened to have my new freshly freshly sharpened safety scissors <laughs> sitting out there and I cut his hair for him. And to this day, I don't know why I got in trouble because he loved it. The adults weren't so happy, but he loved it. And I remember that I got in trouble and my dad, quote unquote, spanked me probably like Um, a tap that you could barely even feel. But that was it. And I was just dramatic as all heck. I remember he was upset and like crying outside my door. And so I was just wailing and crying in my door to torture him like, how dare you think that you could do that to me? I'm gonna make you suffer.
0: For those of you that know Jess, imagine her being dramatic. Right, exactly. I mean, that just seems that that I can't even wrap my head around. My it. poor
1: dad suffered a lot more for that spanking than I ever did, <laughs> if you could even call it a spanking.
0: Oh God! But it
1: was just my dad was always just. To be honest, like I, I feel like the sun and the moon set with me, and I could do anything in the world. Like the kind of support and love my dad has for me, truly always made me feel growing up that i could do anything no matter what and like i'm so grateful to have that
0: yeah yeah Yeah. that's a that's a cool thing to have um having that support system when you're younger that is legitimately behind you yeah is a big thing like even if it's even if it's in a tough love way.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Like that's still like it's paramount. Yeah. It's I mean, paramount as an adult to have had that as a kid, I think. Yeah. I, I, I mean, could be wrong, but. I, I
1: definitely have been told that I was spoiled for sure. Whew. And my mom will be like, well, it wasn't me. And she'll look at me and she'll be like, Jack. Jack. And she'll, like, look at my dad. Yeah, he they totally did spoil me. Not so much her, but my dad, probably my aunt, my grandma. But I always say, like, just because a kid is spoiled doesn't mean that they're a little brat. Like, they just – they can still be thankful for what they have. They can still be a good kid. They can still – and that's how I was. I wasn't, like, a little brat or anything, but – I was lucky and spoiled.
0: Spoiled and entitled are two different (laughs) things. Yes.
1: Excellent point. Excellent point. I definitely was never entitled, but I was spoiled. And I'm confident with who I am today and that that led to a really great person. Yeah. Steven, what yeah. do you think? <laughs>
0: I think it, I think you did all right. I exactly. think you turned out all right. Exactly. My dad would say, hey eh, you turned out all right.
1: But it was just cool. <laughs> like I did like I talked about before how my mom was a Girl Scout leader. Like my dad was a baseball coach for my brother all through middle school. Like my dad dressed up as Santa Claus for my kindergarten class. And like I didn't know that till I was like 18. I had no idea it was him. And it randomly came up once <laughs> when I was 18, and I was like what what now what are we talking about and my mom's like you didn't know it was him i was like i had no idea that i was sitting on my own father's lap telling him what i wanted for christmas i just thought like santa knows everything he knows all my friends names in class and all their siblings and this is so cool this is him because he knows everything (laughs) and i was i felt some real betrayal at 18 i was like what in the world my worlds are colliding but like those they're all good memories though. It's all just like stuff that just makes me so happy to think about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's uh man He's really good with people's names. That's for sure. Yeah. I I know that from seeing it. Like he knows everybody yeah. on their street. He knows all of them. They yeah.
1: call him the mayor of Fairwood Drive. Yeah. Like
0: I, I mean, like he knows everybody's like, name, everybody's kids' names. If their kids have kids, he, yeah. He knows all. He knows everybody. He's the
1: guy asking the kid. Oh, are you going to Kindergarbage this year? Yeah. The Kindergarbage joke. Like he's just that yeah. guy. Like when people are like, <laughs> oh, he's a character. Like Jack Carter is a character.
0: Yes, he is, <laughs> man. He is. Yeah, never a dull moment around him. No, never. That's for sure.
1: Never. But, and there's also that solid just base of no matter what happened, like between both of us, no matter what happens around here, like one or one or both of us is going to say, well, should we call your dad? Do you want to call your dad? Should I call your dad? Like,
0: (laughs) He's the expert. (laughs)
1: That's, that's it. He's our expert anyway.
0: Yeah. If it's, if it's something physical that has to be done, he's our expert. If it's some, if it's some sort of decision, it's your mom yeah your mom's the oh you guys sound and eh, that doesn't sound right you know, yeah that. And, <laughs> and she'll look at jack and be like yeah that don't sound right and then you know yeah then he finds out whether or not she's right which between was, the
1: two whoo! of them we've got all of our bases covered <laughs> speed yeah. dial
0: yeah he's a cool so, cat
1: yeah i mean i could i mean i could tell a million more stories but i don't want to steal the whole episode so <laughs> we'll sprinkle them in later after our tale is done and we're telling other random stories but yeah I love you, Dad. Happy Father's Day. Thank you for everything.
0: Yep. Happy Father's Day, Jack. Uh, so, my dad, wow. Um, there's so much. Mine, her sounded like she's got this together. Mine is so like. I don't have a streamlined memory of my childhood. I just
1: have those snapshots.
0: Like I, I don't have I don't have a timeline. I have a timeline for a lot of other things that I put into order and all that kind of stuff. But I, I don't with my dad. It's it, it, so it may sound like it's a bit random and kind of here and there. Um, but I can say that at age six, I started shooting a bow with my dad. And I have a lot of memories of my childhood of traveling with my mom and my dad, um, across Tennessee and Kentucky, shooting bow, shooting archery. That's cool. Um, learning with my dad every day, like practicing every day, um, all the way up to 13, I was probably shooting bow six times, seven times a week.
1: But also enjoying it. Not like one of those oh, things forced yeah. on you. It I, was like...
0: I was competitive. Yeah. Super competitive. And I got that from him. Like it, It's one of those things like not... If you're sh- shooting archery and you're doing tournaments, I mean, you can have fun. You can do it to have fun or whatever. But there's that side. But then there's the other side of like, how high score can I get? And that was my dad and I. Yeah, That was... That was what it was, was like, oh, I, I could shoot and this could be fun, or I can shoot and I can be really good. Yeah, participation my,
1: trophy, be y- darned, yeah. I'm going to do this for
0: real. Yeah, like, my dad's really good, I can be good like my dad. And the cool thing with my dad was is that he's left-handed, so he shot everything left-handed, but I was right-eye dominant, so I shot everything right-handed. So when we, could, when we were shooting together, we're facing each other, which was really cool, because generally, if you have two people shooting right-handed, somebody's got their back to the other person. But my dad and I could always communicate while we're there. He could always encourage me and be like, all right, when you did, when you pull back this time, you did this, don't do that, you know, do this next time. Or man, that was really good. I like that. So that kind of stuff was really cool. Um, So that was all the way up to 13. At 13 at a certain point, I I had music was in my life, my entire life, but I started guitar at 13 and that started a new relationship with my dad. That relationship, um, changed the course of my existence was music because then it just, it, it took what we did with archery to another level and it took it beyond what we had ever done with archery because archery was always confined. You have to be here to do, you have to be in this environment in order to do it. Whereas with music and guitar, you can be in any environment almost. Yeah. And that was cool. So we're camping, we're taking our guitars. If we're going to a family thing, we'll take our guitars Just in your own living room too. Just like a, it, it didn't matter where we were. We're traveling. We're going to so-and-so's house for the weekend. We're taking our guitars like that's anything and everything. And so, um, so that really, my dad's love of music just bled over into me. Um, I mean, he was playing music when I was in the womb, you know to to when I was kicking my mom a lot, he would play music to get me to calm down or whatever. so that's cool. so that that's like that's always been there with my dad. Um, he was an avid reader, huge, big time reader. like he loved sci-fi fantasy books, so. Um, He had a huge collection of C.S. Lewis stuff. He had a huge collection of Tolkien. He had pretty much everything those two guys wrote. He had at least read once and had a copy of, if not two copies of. Um, He liked A.W. Tozer. He was a Christian and believed in uh, Christ and God and whatnot. And so he read a lot of Christian authors, which if you don't know, C.S. Lewis was a Christian author as well. He also dabbled into things that re, uh, that were into king arthur so mm-hmm. he liked a lot of series of books that were king arthur the books that i remember him reading multiple times over were by stephen lawhead um called the pair dragon series uh, or pin a dragon series i can't i believe it's Pen or pair i can't remember i think it's pin a dragon but um but yeah he liked his books every night before bed he had a nightlight like stuck to the bed and he would read and he would read with the book above his head so that when the book fall and hit him in the forehead, he'd put the bookmark in the book, set it down and turn off the light and go to sleep. <laughs> that's, that's a good idea. <laughs> yep. That's, <laughs> that's that was funny. his thing. So and he's like there eight, I'd be like, So how are you doing in that book? He's like, Well, I'm pretty sure four nights this week I've read the same first paragraph. I like, just keep falling asleep. That's funny. You know. Um, he always took a book with him, right? Regardless of where he was, if he was camping in a tent, he would shine a light on a book to read before, before he went to sleep and let the book hit him in the face to fall asleep, you know? So, uh, so yeah, he's an avid reader. He even made a bookshelf at one point that was like two books deep and you could stack like two books high and man, I'm telling you. That thing it, is huge. It is huge. I, it, it goes don't floor even to how ceiling.
1: It, I think he built it in that room. He did. Okay. Yeah, he I built was it joking, in that room, but because I don't think we could get it out.
0: Yeah, after I moved, uh, that my old room was many things, and then at a certain point, he told my mom, he's like, "I'd like to put all our books together in here on a bookshelf," and she's like, "Okay," and he built a bookshelf in there, floor to ceiling. It's huge. It is insane, and they got eight foot ceilings, okay. so. Like, I don't know
1: how that thing's ever coming out of there,
0: and there's so many books in there that like they're just stacked upon stacked yep. upon stacked. It's crazy. He loved reading, man. He I need
1: to look through those one time we're there and just see like the variety because I know there's yep. a, there's some different stuff in there.
0: He also was a fan of George MacDonald. He had a bunch of George MacDonald books, which I have in a I have here at our house. They're in a box in our storage.
1: Um, is that but, still like sci fi stuff because a lot of it was more like
0: so, interestingly Lord enough, Lord of the
1: Rings and all that kind of stuff,
0: yeah, a little bit. So, uh, I have mentioned uh Tolkien and I've mentioned C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis' mentor was uh Tolkien, and if I'm not mistaken, Tolkien's mentor was George MacDonald. Mm, so, okay, my dad also had that when he would read books, he'd be like, Oh, this person was friends with this person, I'll I'll read their book, cool. you know, give it a chance. Uh, so he did a lot of reading. Another thing he had me read when I was a kid, when I got in trouble, uh, I got in trouble in school. I can't remember. I think it was, I was eight years old. I got in trouble. And, uh, so he took TV and everything away from me and my punishment was reading a book and I had choices. And my first choice, uh, he, the first time he didn't give me a choice. He made me read the Hobbit and mm-hmm. it wasn't like read the Hobbit. You know, that's your punishment when you're done, you know, you're done. It was, we're going to talk about this. Conversation. What are you learning? To make sure, because he had read the book seven times.
1: Maybe this is why you don't like to read now, because it was a punishment when <laughs> you were a kid. I can't get you to read a book to save your life.
0: <laughs> so so The Hobbit was a book, um, and then the second time I got in trouble and I was forced to read a book, I was like, oh, I'll read The Hobbit. And he's like, no, no, you've already read that. <laughs> so he, try, pal. <laughs> so he gave me Sir Godwin and the Green Knight. Um, man, like he, he would give me some random books cause Did he you w- like them. Yeah. I liked just about everything he gave me. Cool. Um, but man, it, and it, they weren't all thick books. Like the Hobbit was probably the thickest book he had me mm-hmm. read. Um, but he knew like that's, that was a better punishment than anything was like, you're going to read, you're not going to watch TV. You're not going to play video games. You're going to read this book. And I was like, man, can I, right. can
1: I be like your dad? <laughs>
0: <laughs> what are you gonna man. make so free to book if she no gets in trouble? you
1: <laughs> not so soap. Soap's great you're the problem
0: very funny um so we didn't have uh tgif my dad was not the uh watch a comedy type um unless it was designing women or murphy brown or cheers or night court he watched those if it wasn't those he wasn't watching not it. bad choices watched
1: but man you missed out
0: but he loved sci-fi And, man, uh, Babylon 5, Star Trek Next Generation, Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap as a kid and Star Trek Next Generation, I'm pretty sure those were the first must-watch shows that were on weekly that were appointment viewing, is what my dad would call it, and get the TV guide every week to see if they're scheduled to be on TV. Like, we can't miss these.
1: I always wanted to rewatch Quantum Leap because I never really got to watch it, but it's a cool concept.
0: It's a great concept, which um, there's, we could talk more about that in another podcast. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that's a, that's a very cool show that uh, one of these days I'd like to go back through. It was such a fun show to watch. I remember the first episode watching with him and just like Scott Bakula just made my dad laugh immediately. Just like, was just like, all right, well, I guess we're going to be watching this on a regular basis. We all liked it. But my dad laughed. Scott Bakula was great. Like, you know, he'd jump into a character that was a woman and he'd be dressed as a woman and stuff. And it's like, during that time, you didn't see that kind of stuff so much. And the the character that Scott Bakula was like, it wasn't like it was, he never, they never played the character like he was trying to be offensive to women. He tried to be a woman.
1: Mm -hmm. Genuinely.
0: Genuinely, you know, and that kind of stuff. And my dad appreciated all that from a sci-fi perspective. He loved it. So, um, and then later on when they rebooted Battlestar Galactica, I remember him and I talking about it on the phone a lot. Like he loved Battlestar Galactica because he watched the original in the seventies, you know, that sort of thing and all the horrible, like horrible effects they had for that, that were not good or whatever. But yeah, I mean, we just watched a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, I mentioned my dad being a carpenter, um, and, us shooting archery, he made all of our bags, all of our quivers for arrows, all of our arrows he made. Like he would buy the, the the aluminum arrow, but then he would put all of the fletchings on it, which is the feathers on the back of the arrow, uh the knock, which is what goes to the string. He would put the, the point in it, like the arrowhead, all that kind of stuff. He constructed everything himself. Our living room always had... Uh, uh, we had a fletching it's a thing that you glued fletchings to the arrow we had arrows always being glued on our living room table when we're watching Quantum Leap I remember that my dad would be setting up stuff hmm. um, and at, so as a kid he was always setting up more archery stuff or we were playing with baseball cards or something like that um, and then as an adult it turned into music where he's playing a guitar during the football game or playing a guitar during a baseball game, or whatever, and then it turned into banjo. And in his in his last, you know, ten years or so, it turned into more being banjo. And that's like they there's that there's a TED talk out there where a guy plays this guitar, and he's like, "This is my ten thousandth hour playing guitar, and now I can do this." And it's a whole thing about how they say ten thousand hours is where you become an expert at doing something, oh, okay. and and that's what my dad did to become not good not sort of okay but really really proficient is by playing all the time yeah three three and a half hour football game he's playing guitar the whole time scales chords writing stuff thinking of stuff in his head that he's heard on the radio trying to play it everything and if i could give anybody advice it would be what my dad said just play don't wait just play pick it up start doing it now like what you're watching on TV doesn't matter as much as learning that skill of, of muscle memory and learning something that you can take somewhere else, you yeah. know? So that's the kind of stuff I learned from my dad was just do, you know, like he...
1: I think we both have that in common with dads. Like yeah. both of our dads are, were doers. They weren't just talking about stuff. They, If they had an idea, if they to just do it. Like, I mean, I obviously have never met your dad though. I really wish I would have. And I'm so happy with how much you and your mom talk about him because I do feel like I get, have gotten to know him through that. And like, sometimes you'll do something and I'll be like, well, you sound like your dad. I may not have ever heard your dad, but I've heard you and your mom talk (laughs) about your dad enough to know that that sounds like your dad. And like, I don't know. I I like being able to do that because I don't, I was never able to be a part of that part of your life, but I, I love to hear about it. you know?
0: Yeah. Like I was telling you this morning, so I'll tell everybody else, um, he would refer just to be his sense of humor was just weird, but he would be talking about, uh, authors but he would say Arthur sometimes. Just if he could see the look on your face that you were bugged by like grammar, he
1: would drive me crazy. He would. I know do, that <laughs> he
0: would do it on purpose. But he would keep a straight deadpan face. Yeah. He'd be like, "Yeah." So I was reading this Arthur, and uh, and just to get just to get the like, if somebody just had the twitch or whatever, yeah. like, oh man, he'd do the little bitty things like that because he found it funny and yeah. it was and it was cool. Yeah. But yeah, um, man, he was a great he was a great guy. Everybody that knew him knew exactly exactly what they got yeah they got exactly he
1: sounds like that very genuine
0: you got him at face value every time
1: i remember when we lived in our apartment i had a dream remember when i had a dream that i met your dad (laughs) yeah i i had a a random dream that i was in a grocery store and your dad was there and he was like hey what are you doing here and i was like oh just picking up a, a few things and we were talking and walking together and my dad was in line. And I was like, dad, you never got to meet Stephen's dad. And I like introduced them. And like, <laughs> it was just cool. Like dreams are cool because I'm like, I yeah. know I'm I'm not nuts. Like I know I've never met your dad. But there was just something about that dream that made me feel like more connected to him and your family. Like, yeah. I, I don't know if that makes sense. But yeah, it's just I think it's just cool how things work and how you can truly keep someone as alive as possible. And I think you and your mom really honor your dad in that way. And you can see how big of a piece of your lives he was. And that's wonderful.
0: Yeah. I mean, he was, uh, he was definitely the strongest person I ever met in my life. I've never met anybody that could like take what he, what, what was, what was either, in front of him and turn it into something or just like that whole, you know, take lemons and turn it into lemonade. That was my dad. It didn't matter how bad or good the situation was. He was going to make it be as best as he could make it be. And that's just the way he always was. Um, I I remember in my mid twenties um, he got hepatitis C and it was one of the strands that there's a cure for it. You take interferon shots for 52 weeks interference shots are pretty rough. Um, they, I mean, they tell you right up front that towards the last quarter of taking the shots, like there's a lot of symptoms that come up for depression and suicide and that sort of stuff, and they say it's pretty dangerous. But if you make it through the 52 weeks of taking the shots, the chance of killing it is like in the 90 percentile. Like it's, it's going to do it, you know. And uh, I remember when my dad told me this whole thing sitting there, I remember where we were at. We were at Cornerstone, the music festival that I mentioned in other podcasts. We're sitting at a picnic table, all eating Subway. And like, he's telling me, you know, I'm going to go through this stuff when, when Cornerstone's over, you know, I'm we're going to do this. And I was like, all right, man. And like, he didn't even blink. Yeah. He went at it head on and was like, I'm going to take this on. Like he took it on. Like I'm going to beat this, you know, and it's weird because, uh, his, his CBC levels, um, which is your blood count level for uh, for red blood cells, uh, it got really low, really low um, towards the last like two weeks. And he looked at the doctor and he's like, I'm not stopping. Yeah. If this is what kills me, then so be it. But I'm not starting all over.
1: Yeah, not, not to where he was already.
0: Yeah. And so, and that was, I was 26 or 27 then. And he came out of that and was golden. Yeah. I mean, like... And he didn't have another scare until he had his cancer scare like six or seven years later. So like he hit things head on, man. It was just like, no, this is not stopping me. This, if this is, if this is what's stopping me, then I'm going down literally pushing everything in that I can push into it. Like, and that's the cool thing that I like about our dads. I see your dad very much that way. Your dad is very much the, um, like I'm moving pianos. That's my job. If one of my guys like can't be there, I, that's just still yeah. my job, like Can boat, you keep like, going
1: until the wheels fall off,
0: yeah, and then when the wheels fall off, I'm gonna see if i if I need to get new wheels or yeah. whatever like he's not stopping, and that is him and I have talked about my dad a lot, and you know when I tell him about my dad, he's like, I totally get that, mm-hmm. I understand that mentality and that's just I don't know that's just that's the type of dad's that's they, a, that's the type of dads that set the example, yep that there's just. I mean, I don't know. They'll never be anybody cooler than my dad. No.
1: And and we have the type of dads that are made men because they made themselves, because they worked yes. hard. They were never entitled to anything. No one gave them anything. They worked for everything they had, and they worked to be the type of people that they are and were. And you can't have a better example as a kid, as a young adult, as an adult now you know, being someone who's married now and, you know, building my family, that's the best example that you could have. Yeah. And we were lucky enough to get that from our dads, from our parents.
0: And, and I saw the way the da- that my dad treated my mom, too. Mm-hmm. That's how I know how to treat girls. Yeah. It's because I watched my dad. I watched how my dad talked to my mom. Love, I watched. I watched love your how,
1: wife and annoy her within an inch of her life.
0: Yep, you can annoy her. <laughs> you can annoy her, but at the end of the day, she knows more than anything that it, it, you would do. You would literally pull down the moon if you could. Yep. Like that's just that was my dad, man. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. We got a little entertainment in regards to our dads yeah. to talk about. Yeah? I mean, it,
1: I feel like the story and the entertainment a lot of it blend a bit today. A little bit, yeah. For me, like. Literally, my dad is entertainment. My dad's ridiculous. <laughs> He's hilarious. He yeah. always is up for doing something. He's already texted me about going camping. Is there a zipline by where we're camping? Like, can we do a zipline? Like, he just always wants <laughs> to do stuff. And, like, I, you know, I'm trying to think of like what I can tie to entertainment like as a kid I can vividly like close my eyes and go back to the feeling of a Saturday afternoon the pools open in the yard splashing around in the pool with Eric my dad's out there doing stuff and tigers are on the radio. And that was when it was like a.m. 1270 Tigers are on the radio (laughs) to this day, like to hear the Tigers on the radio. I don't even have to follow the season, but it's like, are the Tigers on? I want to put them on the radio. When I lived in my apartment by myself, I would put the Tiger games on the radio like I could watch them. But it was something about being outside and having them on the radio. That was just so cool for me. And like you all know, my dad is in wrestling So my dad wrestled when I was little and like, I have a childhood trauma story of wrestling and entertainment in which I was probably (laughs) like three or four and my mom and aunt were working the concessions at a wrestling show. And this wrestling show my dad was doing was a barbed wire match. And so I was supposed to be kept in the back with my mom and aunt and I'm little Jessica, I'm going to do what I do and I'm going to walk around and do whatever I want to do and check things out. No one was paying attention to me. I walked out just in time to see my dad hanging through the ropes with a bleeding forehead of like barbed wire and like standing there like, oh my gosh, and then feeling my aunt lift me up from behind and scurry me away, but I can (laughs) feel that frozen moment. And I'm going to tell you like you know, you see something like that, you're going to end up being a pretty tough chick as you grow up. <laughs> and like, I was totally fine. Like I joke around like, oh, childhood trauma. It wasn't like, it was fine because my parents talked to me about stuff and my dad was still right there, like hugging me. And and he'll he'll tell you, he's like, I saw her standing there and I couldn't do anything. And I'm thinking, where are they? Why aren't they watching her? And it's just one of those those funny things. But like seeing that is just to me, another example of living your passion, no matter what, that you can still live your passion and your family can be a part of it and be involved. And I'm perfectly fine and not really traumatized by that, but (laughs) it's just cool. Like, and a lot of classic rock on the radio growing up. Like my dad still loves it. I still love it. Like we'll still see shows. I've seen the Beach Boys of About three times with my family, we all went to see Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band. We're going to see Chicago this summer, like doing all those kind of concerts and that classic rock stuff is so fun. And just being in cruising in with either the Camaro, usually the, um, oh my gosh, what's the other car? The Impala, 66 (laughs) Impala. That was embarrassing. (laughs) because <laughs> it's a convertible and just going to the cruises with them and seeing all the classic cars and hearing the classic rock and driving down and just, I just love it. We honestly spend a lot of time with our families, a lot of time with my parents. We try to spend as much as we can with your mom. Obviously she's in Tennessee, but we still don't let those lines of communication ever fall. And yeah, that's just, you know, that's, there's just so much. We'd go to tiger games and we just would go to Cedar point as kids. We'd go to Cedar point every year though. I could ride like nothing because I got nauseous and my dad didn't ride anything either. So him and I usually were sitting there while everyone was, <laughs> but it was just so fun. Like it was all just fun. The, the stories, the entertainment, however you want to all to blend together. It just made for a happy, fun childhood. So I'm, I'm happy for that.
0: Um, I can say that with my dad, uh, something I didn't mention about my childhood is that he played music with Dan Knowles. So, for anybody who's in Paris, Tennessee, and knows Dan Knowles, that him and my dad were, uh, I think, I think my dad, I think my dad was one year younger than Dan. So, but they had been friends for a very long time. Just my to tie passed. it
1: back, not to interrupt, but Dan is the one who painted the mural. So, if you recall yes. seeing the the shot in one of our Hit collages we posted of the mural that was painted by Dan
0: yeah so Dan's been playing music uh him and my him and my dad had a band called the almost brothers
1: it, it it's wonderful like
0: uh
1: hilariously fantastic I wish it was like streaming on Apple and I could send you all a link because oh, it's man. wonderful
0: so he had um they they came up with this idea that uh they're close enough that they're almost brothers and they're from almost Tennessee Kentucky and you would not believe how many people ask where that's at and then they would <laughs> tell people where it's at it's it's not on the map folks it's not <laughs> but they made it up on the map so much so that i believe what either dan drew it or someone else drew an actual map of where almost Tennessee Kentucky is um i don't know where that i don't know where that's at maybe my mom's got a photo of that and hopefully we can put that up in one of our posts maybe but Literally, people would be like, Where is almost Tennessee, it Kentucky? Me- and they'd be like, Oh, well, you know, it's so. Oh, do you know where such and such city is? Yeah, you know, it's it's about 20 miles west of that.
1: It reminds me of like so an funny. old, um, kind of like like old sketch that would be on the radio but filmed at yeah. like the grand old Opry, yep. like how they did those old, like, yeah,
0: yeah. So, like, they had a thing, so cool. They had a song, um, that was called Almost Mobile Homes. Um, they come in, uh, <laughs> They come in many colors, turquoise or green. <laughs> and I remember being, I remember being there, they're, they're writing the song in the living room and my dad hollers out for my mom and she comes in and she's like, what's going on? He goes, I need another color that's not green, but might as well be green. And she goes, turquoise. And Dan's like, I love it. That's great. Turquoise or green. Isn't
1: it, isn't it chartreuse?
0: I don't know, but that's just what they... I chartreuse or green. But yeah, no, it's turquoise or green. Okay. And then uh, they had, uh, oh, man, what was it? Uh, almost Sausage, No Hog. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. They had such the clever writing. Who, yeah, clever so writing, are. man. Very clever. Um, but, and,
1: and it's fun. Yes. Like, I feel like whenever I hear those things, what I just hear from, like, your dad and Dan is fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Dan played guitar. My dad played upright bass and sang. Um, and then they had uh, Bobby Almost, because that was the thing. It was Tommy Almost. Dan almost and Bobby almost, Um the almost. And, and then uh, Benny almost. Benny played a mandolin. Bobby played dobro. My dad played upright bass, and then Dan played guitar. And they all sang. Um, man, I just oh man, it's such so good co- such good so memories cool. of them playing music all the time. Um, I still think. I still think that uh, they're some of the best musicians that have that have ever been around. Uh, anytime I hear Dobro players, I go, "Oh, they're all right, but they're not Bobby Almost." Because I
1: never even heard of a Dobro before you. But it, like, there's so there's so many worlds of different things that you don't know about in your pocket of world and like even just you learning so much more about like wrestling and stuff like that and me being like so much more like about your dad and how like really he he was so popular and him and dan and they actually play music and people listen it's just these little pockets of societal things that you don't really know about and you're like this is just so cool to learn about different things in different parts of the country and different things and talents people have
0: yeah so so my if my world as a kid wasn't filled with archery it was filled with going to bluegrass festivals and bluegrass competitions in which the almost brothers would be playing or they'd be uh, one of the headliners or on main stage or opening or whatever it was in in their time of of being together and being a group they they were in all those phases of life um as a band and it was very cool um I remember that uh the the cool thing about it was is that, not only did they do all these festivals and stuff, but they played together and practiced together. So I heard all that and listening to them write their music. And then Dan went on to record his stuff by himself, of which at a certain point he came back after doing several albums. And he made the Almost Brothers archive album, which we'll put a picture of that up, too. Man, that's great. Um, but they did, uh, you know, several songs on there, but they did two That are like 10 or 15 minutes long that are radio shows.
1: That's what I'm talking about. And at a certain
0: point, Dan worked at the radio station at the College of Murray State, and he worked on Saturday mornings, and he would play bluegrass stuff, and he you know, that's where he got that inspiration to do that was yeah. like being like an old school radio station. That's doing what
1: that. like the trailer park thing sounds like. Yeah. It's just cool. It's fun. Yeah. But
0: he was able to put all that together into a radio show, whereas originally they just wrote those songs okay. and played them live. Um, but man, and and of course, you know, they played, you know, stuff like the Tennessee Waltz and stuff like I that. Like and that um, he's got a song that he put on one of his albums called Waltzing in 4-4 Time and man it I remember I remember when they started playing that after he wrote it and it's still my favorite song that they ever played that together. That was on our it's, wedding soundtrack. Yep, that was uh that was one of our songs. Yep. So yeah, I mean just I remember him I remember him playing music and that's that's probably the biggest thing. I also remember him singing Bob Dylan all the time. Mm. My mom hates the sound of Bob Dylan, but if my dad's singing it, she likes it. She's like I just don't like Bob Dylan's voice, but my dad would be singing Subterranean Homesick she Blues. She loves
1: your dad far more than she doesn't like <laughs> Bob Dylan.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, don't think twice, it's all right. He my dad would just be he'd pull out random, you know, Bob Dylan songs and start singing them. You know, I'd hear him in the shower. He's singing home, subterranean homesick blues, you know, word for word, you know, like that's, that's cool stuff. So, yeah, I mean, my, my dad, if, if I'm going to say entertainment wise, I mean, there was never a dull moment with him, but it was, there was a lot of music. It sounds
1: like your dad was also entertainment. Oh, like we had, he was a riot. We have two dads that don't, didn't sit still either. Yeah. My dad will always be like, Oh, I'm getting buggy. I gotta get up and do something. Oh, I'll make fun of him because like we'll be all relaxing in the backyard, laying in the pool, eyes closed, and all of a sudden you hear like ch 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 and I'm like, what is that? And there's my dad walking around with some weed killer, spraying a couple weed killers. Then the next minute I see him get a ladder out and start trimming a tree. And I'm like, I thought we were just like having a... Re-. And my mom's like, that's your father. You know that. So that's the joke in the family is the noise of yep. like, my dad can't just sit there. Like he's never going to retire. He might minimize his work like low down, but my father will never retire. One, my mom would go insane. <laughs> and two, he just wouldn't... He he needs to be active. He needs to be talking to people and interacting with people. And yeah, it's just who he is.
0: And I've got here at my desk. I've got both their business cards. Yeah. Um, at, on my desk, which is pretty cool. My My dad had business cards in his last like, I don't know, five or six years that he was alive. Um,
1: for house painting, right? Yeah. For yeah.
0: painting and doing uh, sheetrock patches and trim work and that sort of stuff. Any Anything you could do uh, in your, inside your house. Or at your house, like patch wise or whatever, my dad could do it. Gotcha. Um, repainting stuff, staining stuff, all that kind of stuff, he could do all of it. He had, he started Brickland when he was fourteen, I think. Wow. Um, so my dad, my dad didn't finish high school. He became a tradesman at fourteen and then did it all the way to fifty seven.
1: And that's the thing with both of our dads are more like trade hand on hands on. Yep. Like active, like you know.
0: Yeah, and and if I had not moved to Michigan. I probably would have fell in with him and started learning how to paint and stuff like that. And we tried that a few times when I worked with his, I worked for his boss a couple of summers and my dad got me the job because my dad wanted to teach me how to paint. But his boss had other plans, which was for me to do garbage Mm. and landscape.
1: He looked at you and thought, that's the guy that can pick up garbage.
0: Yep. he's like, (laughs) oh, this is the guy I'll have uh, do do our landscaping. Mm-hmm. And I turned into the landscaper guy.
1: That's why you're so good at cutting our lawn.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess, but <laughs> not what I wanted. I wish I I'd know. learned how to paint. But you know, it's one of those things. My dad was always always fixing something, man. That's yeah. just uh, that's who he was. TV's on if it's not Quantum Leap or Star Trek or Babylon Five. He's got a guitar in his hand and he's playing, or banjo, or he's fletching some arrows, or he's doing yeah. something, man. He always active, never yeah. never. I can never relate sitting to still. that. Yep. So he always used to say, I'll sleep when I'm dead. Ooh, and wow. I can't
1: wait till that long.
0: Oof, I'm just saying, like, yeah. he, you know, he's like, if you sleep eight hours a night, you sleep a third of your life away. So he'd only sleep like six hours and then he'd get up and go. That was him.
1: I, I happily sleep a third <laughs> of my life away. But yeah. I'd sleep a fifth.
0: Yeah. I mean, away. my dad, uh, I don't know.
1: He sounds like he was a very cool guy.
0: I, I can safely say my dad had no regrets. I know that for a fact. Yeah. One of my last conversations with him, he had no regrets.
1: That's good. That's a life well lived. And that doesn't mean, you know, we have such a skewed view of what success means in this country and being rich being famous being this but at the end of the day it's it's the person you are and the life you lived and no amount of dollar signs or no amount of accolades makes you any better or worse than anyone else it's who you are as a person it's the impact you left did you leave this place better than when you came here and it's safe to say that your father did and my father did and I can only hope that we carry that on
0: Yep. Yeah. Everybody that met my dad will tell you they were better for it. Yep. I, I know somebody, I reconnected with a friend this past this past week and literally they said to me, I'm a better person because of knowing your dad when I was a kid. Yeah. And I was like, I, I mean, like I got choked up just yeah. reading the message because I was like, man, that's cool. Yeah. That's Very really cool. cool. Yep. So, yeah.
1: You know, so happy Father's Day out to two of the best dads out there.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's it for this week. Yeah. Um, You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, if we can just say.
1: Um, Please leave us reviews.
0: Please do. I did see a review up on our Apple podcast versions. That was very cool to see a review there. So people keep leaving us some reviews, leave some comments um, on our posts. Um, Am I missing anything? I think that's it. Cool. All right, right, everybody. So uh, we'll see you again next week.
1: Bye, y'all.